Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. When it comes to your career progression, are you actively leaning in, creating impact, and making a difference? Or are you passively leaning back in your seat, letting opportunities slip past you? You may be familiar with Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. Women, Work, and the Will to Lead, where she shares her perspective on what women need to do to move up in the business world, which is to press ahead, to project confidence, to sit at the table, and physically lean in to make herself heard. Meet Ana de Pelo Garcia, founder and president of Lean In Latinas, who shares her story of wanting to pass on the lessons she learned to the younger generation of Latina women. After visiting the Lean In organization's website, she decided to click and create a circle. And that is the beginning of Lean In Latinas and Anna's journey of paying it forward. Anna DePello Garcia is an inclusion, diversity, and health equity leader at Stanford Healthcare. She is also the founder and president of Lean In Latinas. Anna has received numerous awards over the years, and in 2015, she became the founder of Lean In Latinas and was appointed as a regional program leader by the Lean In organization. Anna was featured in the New York Times for her role in creating Lean In Latinas, now a 501c3 not-for-profit organization. Anna has also been featured in Forbes, National Public Radio, and the Wall Street Journal. In this episode, Anna shares her story of bringing Lean In Latinas to life, why you should never turn down an opportunity, and the importance of your personal brand and the benefits of having diversity in mentorship. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Anna. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, I know you and I several years ago met, and I was truly inspired by all the work that you were doing, especially especially with Lean in Latinas, and um, really want to hear about your journey and how you got involved with Lean in Latinas and where you are now. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be on this podcast and I love being part of anything that elevates women. So thank you for all that you're doing as well. So, you know, I do get asked that question a lot. Why did you start Lean in Latinas? And I really had to find an articulate, succinct way because uh, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not always the best thing to do. <laughs> so the best way that I can sort of capture it, it was years in my life in a moment in time. Mm -hmm. mm. And so years of my life starting out growing up in a tough neighborhood mm -hmm. where folks were living paycheck to paycheck, including my, my mom and dad, mm -hmm. um, not having role models, you know, mm -hmm. not really seeing women like me, people, women like me that I would want to aspire to be. Right. Coupled with never hearing the word college when I was growing up in my family. 
And when I did get my first office job, so to speak, uh, it was at Stanford. And I just felt like I was on a different planet. Mm. And I didn't know why I felt that way. And it took me some time to figure out is that I didn't know how to be in an office effectively in a business setting. I didn't understand the quote unquote rules of engagement. Mm. And um, when I started to figure it out, I thought, wow, what if I would have been prepared? <laughs> right. What difference that would have made? And, you know, I look back to my family and there was no way that my mom and dad could have sat me down and said, Anna, when you interview, you do X. When you negotiate for pay, you do these things. And so I was clearly at a huge disadvantage. Mm. But once I started to figure it out, when I started to climb the leadership ladder, um, I felt this desire to give back to Latinas like me. Mm -hmm. And uh, about six years ago or seven years ago, but I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. I thought, do I write a book? Do I go to high schools, you know, and, and uh, talk about you can do these things, you know? It, it, nothing would really materialize. And simultaneously, I had just finished reading the book Lean In, mm -hmm. and I was inspired. I was inspired by the book. And I also saw that the Lean In organization had what's called circles, where women come together. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's many circles in this area. And in fact, there are, at this time, probably about 50,000 of these circles globally. Mm. But for whatever reason, I didn't join any of these circles, but something kept pulling me back and pulling me back. And one Sunday morning, I went back to the Lean In website uh -huh. and I saw this button that said, create your, create your own circle. And I thought, okay. And I clicked the button and I didn't even know what I was doing. And it said, what is the name of your circle? And within 10 minutes, uh, no kidding, I came up with the name Lean In Latinas. I came up with the mission and vision. I hit enter and thought, okay, I don't know what I just did. Fantastic. And right? And lo and wow. behold, in about a week or so, I started getting these women who wanted to join. One of the first testimonials I got was, I'm a first-generation Latina college graduate, and I want to be around other like-minded Latinas. Another one came through and said, I'm a Latina engineer in a primarily white male-dominated environment. And I want to understand how to be effective, so to speak. Mm -hmm. My first meeting was three Latinas in my backyard. And I was fascinated by this. I thought, these women don't know me. They got <laughs> up on a Saturday morning. Oh, boy. Okay. What are they looking for? So I was very strategic. And I thought, I need to just listen. Mm -hmm. I need to listen. And... Within six months, it was 100 women, but wow. clearly we weren't in my backyard. It was just an unbelievable demand that had mm -hmm. happened. Uh, Lean In reached out. They really liked what they were seeing because we used their platform. Mm -hmm. And um, long story short, we're now a what's called a global affinity network, transitioning to a global affinity network because we <laughs> our reach is, has no borders. Right. And uh, we have Lean in Latinas in uh, Switzerland and uh, London and San Diego, New York. So, um, you know, clearly this is an environment that creates space. And the three words that I can best describe what we do 
And it's because of, you know, at least a couple of years just doing a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. These women, so the, the words are learn, share, and grow. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of our mantra. They want to learn something, whether right. it's confidence, whether it's interviewing, whether it's negotiation, whatever whatever the learn part is. They want to share. They mm-hmm. want to share with each other. They want to say, gee, you share that experience with me. You share that those goals with me. And they want to grow in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So those words sort of resonate uh, with us. But um, as you can as you can hear and see, this really gives me a lot of energy because this is exactly what I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And so creating this space, creating this network um, gets to my original goal was how do I help Latinas uh, like me? And I also wanted to make it inclusive. Mm-hmm. So members are anything from Latinas who were hoping to, who are in high school mm-hmm. that were hoping to prevent teenage pregnancy and encourage um, college, mm-hmm. all the way to mayors, mm-hmm. uh, very influential types. So our work, diversity of membership is huge and just spans across every industry mm-hmm. and uh, every type of Latina. So whether you're in the workplace or not, uh, we have open arms for Latinas <laughs> and others. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that story. And I think one of the things that, you know, I love that you shared in the past is you took the opportunity, right? I mean, there, you know, we all suffer from sometimes this imposter syndrome or these limiting beliefs or these fears of like, well, what am I supposed to do? Um, and you stepped into the opportunity. Talk a little bit about how do you, you know, how do you overcome or how do you manage those fears or limiting beliefs when you're like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm just going to keep doing, um, <laughs> you know, how do you get through that? What, what, what helps you? You know, somewhere along the line, I must have learned to never turn down an opportunity because I've been asked to do things. And after I say yes, I'm thinking, well, there's a couple things running through my mind. First, it's being asked to do something. And my mind is saying, is this person insane? (laughs) (laughs) What are they thinking? But of course, my outer appearance is like, sure, of course, you know, Um, you have to lean into that. You have Mm -hmm. to lean into that fear. Mm -hmm. I've also learned that when somebody believes in you, sometimes more than what you believe in yourself, Mm. you have to really pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Some of the smartest people will come to you and say, hey, I'd like you to do this. And your mind is saying, what What are you saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I've just learned to take on an opportunity. And uh, one thing I have found, you know, in my work with Lean In, in because I've 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 led very large teams um, mm-hmm. at Stanford, you know, up, up to five hundred people mm-hmm. on these teams, and uh, I would always see this interesting difference between men and women. Not all women, but mm-hmm. a pretty good majority, where men just seem to have this confidence. Oh, I could do that. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't even read the job description. Oh, I, I could do that. Uh-huh. And then I see this trend sometimes among women where they're reading sentences in a job description and already counting themselves out. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. do that. Yes. And, and then what happens is that chips away at the confidence. 
Mm -hmm. And so I've challenged that in myself, Mm. you know, fantastic. And I think I'm not going to read that job description. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to try this out. So, you know, I, I think there's definitely some opportunity there is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if, you have to believe in yourself, right? And that's hard to say because even this far into my career, I have those moments of, can I do this? Mm-hmm. This feels really scary. This right. feels really, but you know, it's it's that feeling that actually can be very um, motivating. Mm. Yes. So, you know, talk to friends, but uh, I would have to say at the end of all that is to believe in yourself. Mm. I love that. And I love what you were saying about paying attention to what other people are tapping you on the shoulder for. Yes. <laughs> um, because, you know, that's, you know, it talks about identifying your strengths, right? And your your purpose. And sometimes we're too close to it where we don't see it. So, you know, help me understand, like, how did you gain clarity on what your strengths were, kind of what your career path? And you're still pursuing your, your passion in helping Latinas and others, but in your professional career, how did you how did you navigate that? How did you identify those strengths? Well, I think it was a lot of trial and error. Mm. You know, in my mm-hmm. 20s, I tried all types of jobs because I honestly did not know what my strengths were. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what type of industry that I would want to be in. So I just tried a lot of different things. You know, I tried retail mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah, this isn't working. Right, right. Uh-huh. I, I just, this is not working for me. I even uh, tried, uh, you know, in high tech, mm-hmm. I wore one of those suits and I was looking at chips for eight hours a day. And I thought, this is never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't do this. <laughs> um, and, you know, I then I got, I got into healthcare because in my late 20s. And I just knew that was a fit for me. I didn't Mm. know exactly where I even entertained being a nurse that didn't happen. So I sort of veered to the business side of healthcare. And uh, lo and behold, I started to realize I was good at managing. Mm. And I think Mm. it's because uh, I get energy from people. I'm intrigued by people. I'm intrigued mm-hmm. about, and I'm and I'm particularly interested in supporting other people to be successful, not just women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was a series of just trying different things and kind of seeing what what wants to get me up in the morning, what gets me excited, what gets me interested, and to really um, gravitate mm-hmm. towards that. And so you know. Try if you have an opportunity to try different things. I'd say go for it. You mm-hmm. know, if you, if you have that, or somehow finding out what you have a passion for. I read a book that really what really made me think long and hard. Even mm-hmm. this stage of my career, right? Um, it's by El Luna, and it's called The Crossroads of Should and Must. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in her book, she talks about that. Too often, people do should. I should go to this school because that's what my parents want. Mm-hmm. I should stay in this job because I've been in it 10 years and, you know, I may not be happy, but I should stay in it or yes. I should because I have family or bills or whatever. She said, but not often enough do people do must. And must comes from deep inside of who you are. Must, though, is scary. 
Yes. Must is, <laughs> can be very scary. It can be uncomfortable and it's full of risk sometimes. Mm-hmm. But she had this formula in the book where she said, job, if a job equals your career, it should equal your calling. So if all of those things are in alignment, job mm-hmm. equals career equals calling, I think that's when you're at your happiest. And there's mm-hmm. been times in my life where they didn't all add up. And when I reflect on those times, it, it, it all sort of makes sense mm-hmm. because then you're off balance. So it, it's really, you know, so that's sort of where I sort of land is, does my job equal my career equal my calling? Because when you're doing your calling, you're not doing a job. You're just doing what you do. Right, right. And I love what you said around, you know, just um, stepping into, you know, those opportunities and tapping into them and kind of what you were saying around, you know, women opting out sometimes, um, you're missing out on lots of opportunities for that. Um, And, you know, and research shows that, right? So, I think you, you kind of, your experience, like, is very much aligned with the research where men will throw their name in the hat if they check two of the boxes out of 10 (laughs) and women (laughs) want to check all 10 before they do it. That's right. Um, You know, and so, I love how you, you said, you know, that you were just like, like, I'm not even going to read the job description. It's something that I'm going to try to do. But what I loved is the trial and error and that it's okay when you try something and it doesn't work out. It's like, okay, right. <laughs> now I know what I don't like. Let me move on to the next thing. Right. And that it's okay. And I, and I love what you were saying about the book that you read because we do fall into the, you know, our frame of reference a lot of the times is limited by what we grew up defining success. And so I ran into the same thing where, Success was, you know, you become a doctor, a lawyer, you know, or a teacher, and that was it. And it wasn't until I got to college that I realized, whoa, there's so much more out there that I could be doing. Um, <laughs> right. And so you have to kind of reframe that and say, okay, I'm going to try a little bit of this and that to kind of find where you, you know, fit and, and you know, and all of that. I want to jump to you, you know, you've created a rich and kind of, you know, really thriving community with the Lean In Latinas and, you know, talking about the stories and learning from one another and how important sometimes building your brand and sharing your stories, how important that visibility is where, you know, I grew up with like, mija, you know, you've, you've got to put your head down, none of the boasting, you know, nobody likes that. And, but you learn really quickly in the walls of organizations, you know, where I worked, that you need to learn how to self-promote a little bit and share your story and those types of things. Tell me a little bit about that, what you've seen, um, you know, through sharing your story and, you know, how that, you know, has really impacted your career and, and, your, um, and your life. Well, uh, I have learned in my journey. Uh, I I used to probably be one of the most introverted people. <laughs> you know, there are, there are uh, friends from high school that say, "Who are you?" I was, you know, always in the back of the room or the last person to talk. And um, you know, brand is so important because you control it. Mm. I used to uh, open up new employee orientation sessions uh, at Stanford. And, um, you know, I would go through all, you know, the key facts of the organization and all that great stuff. And right at the end, I would say, I want you to think about your brand. 
And, you know, I'd get sort of these perplexed looks, you know, from people, you know, what is your brand? Your brand is how people would describe you when you're not around. Mm-hmm. Your brand is something that you create. And your brand could be anything from, you know, Lisa is a team player. She mm-hmm. looks for a win-win. Mm-hmm. I love working with her. So every day you have an opportunity to to determine what your brand is. And it's interesting that a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and so that's something that I've sort of thought about. How would I want to be remembered? Mm. And that's really your, your brand. Mm-hmm. Reputation is huge because it, it is who you are. What is your moral compass? Mm-hmm. You know, how would people perceive how you treat other people? What's interesting is I, I went to college late in life. And in fact, um, it's interesting. I, when I started at Stanford, I hid that I was a high school dropout. Mm. I didn't want people to know that because it made me feel inferior. Mm-hmm. I made myself feel inferior. <laughs> I right. didn't need any help <laughs> doing that. I did that. <laughs> it just felt like a bad mark. And especially in a place like Stanford where folks are, you know, high, de- you know, very prominent degrees. Um, but I realized that not being authentic um, is also part of your reputation. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Are you an authentic person? Um, and to be vulnerable. So, you know, reputation is about just who you are and how you treat other people, I think is a big, significant piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would want my reputation to be you know, that I am authentic and that I, um, especially how I treat other people, I think that's so significant. Mm-hmm. And again, these are areas that you control. Right. Right. No one else can control those things but yourself. Mm-hmm. And, if, and, and, uh, you've, and as far as speaking up for yourself, promoting yourself, no one else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you should exactly. I mean, it's nice when you get those things, you know, when you, when you get sort of that stamp of approval or when you get somebody who wants to sponsor you, who mm-hmm. will speak on your behalf, but you got to do it yourself. And uh, right. I was really shy to do that for a really long time. And for women, sometimes it feels like you're bragging. Yes. And so uh-huh. sometimes it could be a slippery slope for women. It's an unfair situation because mm-hmm. men can, you know, you know, shout from the rooftops that they're the best this, they're the best <laughs> that, you know. Uh, you know, and for women, it's, it's a little bit of a different playing field, but I think that's changing, mm-hmm. you know. Right. I, I think that's changing, but I would say be loud and proud of who you are and how you contribute to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you work in healthcare, you gain really good perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, when you work in an environment, when you see people who, you know, either have some, you know, really debilitating diagnosis, whether it's cancer, mm-hmm. I was a director of business operations in the cancer center. And I'll tell you that will give you a lot of perspective. Life is short. The life is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And um, 
be proud of who you are and you know you and develop a thick skin <laughs> yes because <laughs> you're going to have those critics out there you're going to have those naysayers out there um but you really can't pay attention to that right yeah um and so it's a very fine balance i will be loud and proud of of who i am but uh i also don't you know want to create an environment where it's all about me <laughs> right, right so it's like how do you balance these things mm. you know how it's it's a you know it, it's a balancing act and uh i wish there were books where i could go down a list i do this number one i do this number two but it's it's really also you know how do you leverage your intuition how do you leverage the skills that you do have to effectively navigate mm -hmm. uh, through these things so you know um and feedback you yes. know have trusted friends to and be open to feedback uh one of my mentees who's now you know doing wonderful things uh, uh she wrote a, a letter about me and she said you know one of the things that i love about my mentor is that i could give my mentor feedback <laughs> <laughs> and she 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 listens to it so yes you know asking for feedback um being vulnerable and never pretending to think that you know it all because that will never happen <laughs> yes you will never know it all so you know brand and reputation are things that you control i love that and i love how taking that into control and another thing that i think is important that women take into their own control is feedback and asking for that feedback because we don't mm -hmm. necessarily always get it voluntarily like people shy away men shy away from giving the constructive feedback that we need um so how have you what have you done because you know how do you take feedback and learn to depersonalize it because feedback is hard sometimes right and and um it feeds into the setbacks and the failure and like getting discouraged but how have you been able to reframe feedback and actually seek it out well you know feedback goes right to ego mm, yes <laughs> so so if you you know it's sometimes when i'm hearing things and i'm reacting i'm asking myself is that your ego reacting mm. let me check in with that well i think feedback is extremely important i'll give you an example i um was I had just received uh, my yearly evaluation from a very esteemed person who I hold dear in my heart, Dr. Jerry Sheffrin, vice mm -hmm. president, you know, well-renowned physician leader. Mm -hmm. And he gave me this really glowing evaluation. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I said, you know, thank you, Dr. Sheffrin, but what do I need to work on? Like, what are, what, what, what would you, what do you, what do I need to work on? And he said, Anna, I just gave you this glowing evaluation. And I said, exactly. What do I need to work on? I want to get better. I want to get <laughs> And you know, he just, <clears throat> he just paused, sat back in his chair a little bit. And he said, okay, you want feedback? I said, 1000%. <laughs> uh -huh. yes. I want feedback. I want to get better. You know, at that point, I was desperately climbing the career ladder. I wanted mm -hmm. to, I, I just wanted feedback. And he said, and I'll never forget this, obviously, I'm sharing this story 20 years later. Mm -hmm. uh, he said to me, Anna, when you go to meetings, you're not the secretary. Mm. You're at a meeting. 
you're invited to a meeting, it's because people want to hear what you have to say. I thought, wow. And I, and I thought about that. And I thought, you know why I'm doing that, Anna? It's because you're, you're, you probably have imposter syndrome. Mm. You're, you're probably nervous. You're probably trying to figure out how you contribute. And you're hiding between your, with your note-taking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after that, meetings that I would go to, I'd put the pen down. And I'd lean in and actively participate. You know, was it like a switch? Right. But what would I have done without that feedback? Wow. Yes. What would I have done? And I'm telling you, so another another uh, mentor who I just had lunch with, who's now retired, another vice president, oh, the feedback she'd give me, I swear I'd want to like just dive into the floor and never come back out. <laughs> uh it was the best thing. It was those, that type of feedback was the, they were really game changers for me. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you don't have to wait till you get the feedback. It's just ask for it, you mm -hmm. know, ask your leader, ask a friend, what did you think of that? Give me mm -hmm. some feedback. It's that constructive feedback. That's a really a great opportunity to hone in on your skills. Mm. That's think of, the other the other thing that I will say, because this is a big deal for me, mm -hmm. I've always looked at the workplace like a football field mm -hmm. or, or when I think about athletes, mm -hmm. before they go to the big game, what do they do? They practice and practice and practice mm -hmm. and they get feedback over and over and over. Throw the ball this way, step back. It's no different. Mm-hmm. Right before yes. you go on the field for or for a interview, before you go on the field for a presentation or whatever, or if you're going to ask for more money, which women need to do, yes, <laughs> um, practice and get feedback. Practice and get feedback. It's that feedback is so critical, and I have learned too. Some people are good with feedback. Yeah, they they're in, they they're sensitive to it. They think it's you know you're being critical. So I I use the sports analogy a lot in mentoring that I do to say you know what you want that feedback just like an athlete you want that feedback because you mm -hmm. want to win the game. That's fantastic. I love that analogy. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to IamBeyondBarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Something I heard in your story is that you had some really strong mentors that don't look like you. 
And I think that's extremely important because I get, you know, tapped all the time by, you know, young Latinas or diverse individuals, you know, wanting to, you know, to be mentored, which I'm happy to do. But I also tell them that, you know, it's important for them to seek out mentors that don't look like them um, to get kind of that well-rounded feedback. And, and again, sometimes it's, you know, go to, you know, go to the successful people in the organization and get mentored by them as well. So, tell me a little bit about like, you know, as you've grown through your career, who have been some of those most influential mentors and leaders for you? Well, you know, diversity brings perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. So you want to have varying perspectives mm-hmm. and whether that's decision-making in the boardroom, diversity brings perspective. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've had really diverse mentors and I continue to have mentors. Um, I think mentors are critical at every stage of your career. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're emerging professional or a CEO, <laughs> Right. you know, Having space to just be vulnerable and um, and get trusted feedback, particularly from people who are interested in your success. Mm-hmm. And so, um, sort of for me, there's been those bosses that have turned into mentors. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case, and that's okay. And sometimes you don't want it to be your boss. Right. And I've always believed in more than one at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think what I would look for in a mentor is if I saw somebody effectively managing meetings or projects or a professional image, mm-hmm. I, I reach out. And uh, however, and because I've had people reach out to me, I've learned mm-hmm. about, more about mentoring by trial and error. And uh, so definitely reach out to people and don't expect the mentor to do all the work. Mm, yes. Absolutely. 1000% no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, and I would make that mistake. And then sometimes I thought, you know, I thought my mentor was my therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You know, so I do mentoring now um, and I'm really clear with the mentee. I mm-hmm. tell the mentee, I said, okay, here's how we're going to do this. I want you to think about two to three measurable goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to check in monthly. And I'm not always going to be able to see you on the field mm-hmm. in your day-to-day work. So that's a bit of a disadvantage for me. Um, so what I'd like to do is let's sit down with your immediate manager Mm-hmm. with your goals to see if your immediate manager has any other thoughts, you mm-hmm. know, if it's a workplace sort of mentoring. Um, and then we check in every month. And mm-hmm. I actually did this for uh, uh, one of the staff at Stanford. She wanted mm-hmm. to improve her public speaking skills. So we got her into mm-hmm. courses. She wanted to go back to college, you know, so, but I do leave room for a, a little bit of, you know, my boss did X, what do I do? Right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and if there's a lot of that, then I will recommend maybe, um, you know, co- uh, what is they call that? Uh, crucial conversations mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and then if you want to get into a lot more involved, you talk, you know, you do 360s and all of that. But mm-hmm. um, 
But, you know, just uh, the catalyst for me was reaching out to people who I would aspire to be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to pour, perform like. Right. Um, and to keep diversity in mind. I've had mentors much older than me, younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, men, because I love just to hear the men's perspective on things, mm -hmm. on things and women and just some relationships that I've had turned into a mentor mentee without even having an intention for that. Right. Um, you know, and then if you could maybe have some of those mentors transition to sponsors, yes. then that's, that's really sort of that golden ticket, you mm -hmm. know, and I've had that a little bit too. So, yeah. So mentoring is really important. Just don't expect the mentor. If you reach out to somebody you want to be a mentor, uh -huh. I would say come prepared. You, as the mentee, you do the agenda. Mm -hmm. As the mentee, you're really clear on what you're looking for. And you find and you make sure that it's a win-win. What is the mentor going to get out of this situation? How can you offer something to the mentor? Mm -hmm. Right? It's, it can't just be a take-take. It's like it, it, look for give and take in the relationship. That's fantastic advice. And I love, like you said, be clear on the ask. Like, what? why are you asking them to mentor you? And at the same time, what can you offer them? How can you be helpful in, a, you know, and sometimes it's as easy as asking, like, how can I help you? What are you, yes. you know, yes. and, and they'll tell you, you know, hey, I need help here or I'm researching this or what's your perspective on this? So uh, just ask the question, um, know your ask and then ask them how they, you can be helpful to them as well. So I think that's fantastic advice. Mm -hmm. So in closing, I love to, um, ask all of our our podcast guests on you know what is you know given that you do work with a lot of you know women in in through the lean in as well as your organization and kind of just sponsoring and mentoring what is the one thing that you see um holding a lot of women back um that you want to kind of just give them the one two three so that they can keep propelling forward I would have to say believing in yourself because mm. I have made, met some amazing women on this journey. And I remember this one woman I was speaking to um, at an event in Napa. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was in a role, I think she was an attorney, where she really had to advocate mm -hmm. on behalf of other people. And she was good. Mm -hmm. She was she was known for her work, and we were talking about pay equity. Mm. We talked about the wage, the, the gender, and race racial wage gap. Mm -hmm. um, so there's not only a wage gap between women and men. There's wage gap even between women. Right. So you know, Latinas at forty five percent, Black women at thirty seven percent. Both of those percentages compared to white males. So there's even that. And somehow we got on the topic of her asking for a pay increase. So she's telling me this story. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, yes, you know, I asked my boss, male boss, mm -hmm. for pay increase. And I said, great. So what happened? And she said, well, I haven't heard back from him. It's been a couple of weeks. I said, well, aren't you going to follow up? with him. And she said, uh, well, there was just so much hesitation. 
Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there thinking, why are you in this other role mm-hmm. and you're this powerhouse and you just go for the gusto and this work that you do for other people, yet you, you're struggling in advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it was it was such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I challenged her and I said, tomorrow, you go to your boss and you say, it's been two weeks. So what I, what I realized in that example is, you know, um, I think there's still an opportunity to work on confidence mm, and yes. to like, for me, um, I think back to my childhood, you know, I didn't grow up in a family where we sat around a table and said, so what do you think? And what are you, what are your thoughts? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, at least in my family, you know, I was the kid, you know what, mm-hmm. apparently I didn't have any thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> My family problems, it's like, oh, this is for adults, you know, uh-huh. it was some of that. Uh, and so I I didn't, you know, so when I was raising my daughter, my daughter's now 31, but when I was raising my daughter, I didn't want that for her. Mm. And so I remember when she was a little girl, we would be in a restaurant and she would say, mom, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, whatever. And she would say, mom. This I this is cold or this doesn't taste good or something like that. And I would say, Erica, you need to go tell him. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I'm not going to do it. And this I wanted her. My goal as a mother is when she when she turned 18, she she would understand the world is not always a nice place. Right. And you have to advocate for herself. She got in the line and she was this little person compared to all these adults. And she was being bypassed. And I got up there to the front of the line. I said, excuse me. She has some feedback. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, um, I wanted to instill in her the confidence that I didn't have in myself for a really long time. Right. So I think confidence, yeah, I would have loved to have been that confident at that age. But so I think, you know, you have to really dig into why am I having trouble speaking up for myself? Where, where's, why am I having trouble with using my voice to advocate right. for me? You know, so I think really, you know, looking into that and challenging that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, I will say life is short, you know, having staff in the emergency room and the cancer center, you realize, you know, you can't, you don't, you, you can't always wait for the next time or tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, Speaking up for yourself is a little bit of trial and error. Mm-hmm. You know, those words I used, that approach I used, did that land me the results I was hoping for? Um, and role playing. I don't want to miss that. Role yes. play, role play, role play. Even for negotiation that we do in Lean and Latina's workshops, it's not just a bunch of slides and theory. Mm-hmm. It's practice, mm-hmm. you know, use your friends to say, or even constructive feedback. Right. right. If you don't feel that you're being treated appropriately, uh, role play. But you, but confidence is a game changer. Once you mm. get that, it's like the sun came up. <laughs> Fantastic! No, I, I didn't have that. it for a long time. I I just didn't have confidence in myself for a long time. And mm. once once you start to realize that that's a strength, mm-hmm. many doors will open and. Uh, you will actually respect yourself more. 
That is fantastic. And I love what you were saying about advocating for yourself. I mean, it's just like you would stick up for your best friend. You would, you know, speak right. up for somebody else. So be your own best friend and speak up for be yourself. Your own best friend. Right. Even if you have to talk about yourself in third person. <laughs> well, Monica thinks <laughs> that she, you know, so I mean, I think I think that is so powerful and so important is that, you know, you need to pretend like you're your own best friend, be your own cheerleader because Somewhat, you know, not everyone else is going to do it for you. So I think that is um, extremely powerful. And thank yes. you so much, Anna, for your time. Okay. I know how busy you are. And I just loved all of the stories and the work that you're doing in, in really helping lift up, you know, other Latinas. And so, you know, I hope in the future that, you know, Beyond Barriers and Lean In Latinas can partner and kind of just help oh, yes. accelerate women um, into leadership roles. And we can kind of, you know, do our part in closing that gender gap. Thank you. Well, we're stronger together. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.